Welcome to Conversations with Toy, a blogcast tackling life one episode at a time. This is the time to air out life's craziest moments. This space is all about speaking about life's hang-ups and ways in which we can leave better than when we started. Topics are all about ways we can find space to be better in life, love, mental space and health. Happy Friday. You know how we do on wonderful Fridays when we drop conversations with toy. We are going to do a really quick check in because we're going to do an extended check in because a lot is happening and we got to talk about it. First of all, I don't know what type of week you have have had. Um, You might have been off for the Veterans Day holiday and shout out to every last veteran past and present who has sacrificed and given of their lives, their time, their families to be there to give us the security that we need. We salute you. Absolutely do. From my own veterans in my family to your veteran family members, we salute you. Um, So you may have had a short week because you've had that day off And that's great. I, of course, did not. So I had a very long week and I have a long week almost every time we get together. But that's just the way that it works. I am looking forward to Thanksgiving soon and having at least a few days to kind of veg out and relax. And um, that's that's the goal. So because we're going to do an extended check in, we really have a lot of talk to talk about. And a lot of this, not a lot, but a big portion of this is going to be about COVID-19. And the reason being is that we are rapidly in a decline on the cases getting better and in a rise of foolishness where COVID-19 is concerned, which puts um, holidays in jeopardy, which is the one thing I was hoping that we were going to be able to um, avoid. But because we cannot get people to be as I learned in church on one accord, where we mean to get everybody in agreement, we are now in a phase where our cases have actually gone extremely higher than when we originally went on lockdown. So a lot of places are not technically on lockdown right now, at least in the United States, except for um, New Jersey that I know around me, New Jersey has had a lot of restrictions, uh, And Chicago has decided that they will start lockdown on Monday for 30 days. And that also will include the lack of being able to travel, etc. for Thanksgiving. What that means for the rest of America is unknown to me. I don't know what's going to happen. But what I want to talk about is how I've actually been feeling I have been seeing the news and different stories that the cases were going up and I just gave, you know, okay, this is going to happen. It kind of just gave gave the the general nod that, okay, this is a thing. This is going to happen. We're going to be maybe in another lockdown. And it kind of was like general banter in the back of my mind. I've had conversations with some of my friends about it. So it was just kind of like in the back of our mind. But I think that the reality is becoming a lot closer than I thought I was prepared for. 
Even though I was having conversations with friends weeks ago, it is now seeming to be something that is going to be on the very super near horizon. So let me just tell you how the how my anxiety worked. A couple of days ago, my my kids who are virtual, some of their friends are not. The principal of their school had a meeting, um, a Zoom meeting, and wanted to call this important meeting together. And in the meeting, they talked about a number of things. But one of the biggest things that they discussed was that there was a possibility that there could be um, everybody going virtual, meaning those who were in school would now return home. Those at home would just remain. And so I kind of checked it off to, okay, it's getting closer. This may be a thing. Fast forward to the day after that meeting, I saw that here in Philadelphia, well, first of all, the Philadelphia school district has already been virtual since the beginning after the whole fight of yes or no, they finally went virtual and have been, they were supposed to come back that got um, changed. So now they're going to be indefinitely um, virtual and I'm here for that. Personally, I am, even though it was a struggle, even for my own children, I'm still here for that. Secondly, um, some of the surrounding schools, they have been in school. And so now the challenge is some of them have actually just started to go back within the last couple of days and now actually may have to be pulled back out. So that's been the challenge. There's no real state mandate that states that we're all going to do the same things. And so every school district has been doing their own protocols. I think in a minute soon, I don't think it's going to matter. I think we're all going to just be at home. And I kind of think that's where it's headed. And I think that's headed a lot sooner. So yesterday I pulled up the numbers at four o'clock in the morning. Um, I was trying to get a blog done that I needed to hit a deadline for. And I never normally work that late as far as um, I didn't stay up till 4.30. I got up at 4.30. And I normally don't do that because I'm usually very studious about timing and where things have to be. But it was a long week. So I had to, you know, do what I had to do. And as I'm sitting here looking at these numbers, all of a sudden panic, fear and anxiety came on at the same time. And do I know that we're not supposed to live in fear? Yes. Is it my thought process of living in fear? No. But I would be amiss to say I didn't. That was my initial thought. So I'm looking at the numbers. I'm looking at the cases and I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is really, really bad. And I don't think I gave it this much credit to know that it was actually this bad, but it is. So what are we going to do now? Again, I'm already been home. My kids have been home. My husband's been working from home. So have I. So we're all home. It's I think it boils down to. When you have no choice and your choice is taken. And I would think that, okay, we've been locked down for almost nine months or has some type of restrictions or whatever the case may be for the last nine months. I mean, technically, it'll be a year in March. But I got scared immediately. So I started to pray and ask, you know, just pray and ask God to calm my nerves. But as I went through the rest of my day, I realized I became more irritable. I couldn't tap into my normal activities. 
And so for me, I have episodic depression. When an episode of something that mirrors a situation, I can go from like zero to 100. And I'm not even part of Drake's, you know, crew, but I can go really quick. And that's what I started to see happening. So I was talking to my husband. And like, I was watching videos of stuff like really beautiful things and just like made me cry. I'm weepy. I'm irritated. I'm irritated. I'm at a place where I'm like, I don't want to holler at the kids. I don't want to, you know, be extra. I got to get this figured out. But what can I do to ease myself? So, you know, sometimes when your anxiety is, you know, levels are high, you start to get busy. And I started cleaning out the pantry that got done. It needed to be done anyway, but whatever. Then I started reorganizing the kids things and throwing toys out. And so at this point, I'm realizing more and more, okay, you are in a trigger. You're a trigger because you don't know what's going to happen. And because I had a lot of family members that actually had COVID when we got locked down the first time, one that was actually near death and a few of them that were in the hospital. It's a very daunting thing for me. And I'm scared because it's like, I can't get to like my family. We can't get to my husband's family. Not that we can't get to them, but for safety reasons, we just kind of want to stay back. And I know people were like, well, you know, you go to the restaurant, there's a risk there. There's a risk for everything. If you go out to your front porch, there's a risk. You get the mail, there's a risk. Um, I just think it has to do with calculated risk and about what is more riskier me going to a, a restaurant where people are six feet away from me versus going to someone's home where their home isn't big enough to social distance is not the same thing. Um, me eating outside is not the same thing as me going into someone's home again where you can't social distance and we're inside of the house and a lot of people don't are not wearing masks because they're in their home so they don't feel like they should they're they're having events parties of you know whatever the case may be so my anxiety level knows no end at this point to how frustrated that I feel because now we're in the holiday season and it's like okay it's not that I don't love my family and it's not that I can't create um, great memories is not that I can't make it the best Christmas is not that I can't make it the best Thanksgiving. I am really good at doing those things. But it's still the principle of what happens as we matriculate through this process. So I've been a little on the edge. And rightfully so. And trying to tell myself that it's okay for me to feel this way. Like a part of me is like, you shouldn't feel this way because, you know, there's so many people who have lost their lives. How petty do you sound when you say you can't be around family? But I think mentally and emotionally, I think this is the stuff that that the news and everybody is talking about when you're talking about how, you know, people are losing it because they can't, you know, they can't matriculate with their, I mean, not matriculate, but they can't spend time with the people that they, they love the most. And I think feeling isolated doesn't feel good. And I feel like we're going to be in a situation where we're going to feel this isolation again at the most hardest time of year, like Thanksgiving and Christmas and New Year's is a hard time because you remember, you, you know, your parents that have gone, you've you've remembered the people that have already transitioned and that pain at that, that leaves already leaves like a anxiety in the air. And then you add on a disease that can literally take people out. And that's scary. So I'm trying to be kind to myself and be kind to my mind and be kind to my heart and my thought processes that's telling me that 
it's going to be okay. And that's what I keep trying to tell myself that it's going to be okay, that it's going to be difficult, but it's going to be okay. And that if we buckle down, we'll, you know, have a vac the vaccine is already out or I should say it's already in production. And so we shall see about that. But yeah, if I had to put into words the stress level that I am feeling or have been feeling, I would say that it's overwhelming. And then I keep thinking about my children, about how, you know, I would never want to do anything that I felt like that was going to jeopardize them. So that is the rock in the hard place that we're in right now. Do we shut down? What happens to people in their livelihoods? What happens to restaurants and business owners that can't sustain another shutdown? And there's no relief in sight. Even if we believe that Joe Biden is going to come in and save the day as far as fixing or even putting into process things that could support small businesses, things that can support people who are lost their jobs, things that can support, you know, the gamut of things that are going wrong right now. It's not going to fix itself overnight. So I have no idea. It's like we're all on this imaginary journey and we're just trusting that it's going to be okay. So if you've been feeling stressed, like I've been feeling stressed, please understand that you're not alone and it's okay to feel this way. And that in time, yes, this feeling will maybe subside, but right now it is strong. Or at least for me, it's strong. So I'm hoping for better days ahead. That's the only thing I can pray about and see about and work towards. Um, if this is your first time and you've turned into conversations with Toy for the first time, I want to say welcome. I always pride and hopefully pride myself on providing a space for people to talk very openly about mental health, about self-care, about the things that are going on with their life. You know, people's marriages are not always perfect. Children are not always, you know, cute and clean and perfect and serene. People have real life issues things that they're continuously dealing with. And as the holidays come around for those who are, are going to willingly choose to go and hang with their family, because let's keep it all the way 100. The CDC has already stated that they, um, we should try to do um, Thanksgiving dinners outside, that we should be six feet apart. We should technically bring our own food. We should not be going in and out of kitchens. So, I don't see a large number of people that's going to follow that. So then the flip of that is when people have are making this decision to go be with their family members during this time and the cases are going to spike because we already know that's what's going to happen. It's always an upward trend right now. Then I feel like we're going to be at the same place, if not worse. So what happens when you go around your family members now you're dealing with COVID and on top of that, you know, when you go around dinner tables, dinner tables be great and the food might be good, but there's always some type of tension, some drama, 
um, an aunt or a grandparent or a mother or father, somebody who asked the most inappropriate questions, who want to know why you're not having any kids. Why are you not married? Who is this you brought to the dinner table? Are you ever going to get married? Um, oh, you decided to be on a different team. Why would you do this? Blah, blah, blah. So there's a thousand and one things that could go wrong at a dinner table for the holidays. I don't know what it is about the holidays. People get really free, especially black people. I hate to say that, but I don't like it when you come to events and people are like, girl, you still got big. I think that happened to me. Let's not think that happened to me a couple of years ago. This might have been when I had, I think it was a year after I had my youngest and I was struggling with my weight and somebody that I knew for like growing up. Now, when I was a kid or a teenager, I was probably not even probably I was a size two. And so people were just used to um, me being that same weight from a kid. And I'm like, listen, I'm an adult. I'm in college. Things are cannot and will probably never be back at that size again. So just the need to just call people out. I think I saw a meme. I don't even think I saw this meme that said, let me, you know, gain my weight in peace. Like, yeah, you see it, but you ain't got to call it out every other time. So I'm hoping that if you are dealing with that type of stuff, because I don't get it, it always happens at the dinner table or around holidays or whatever the case may be. If you do end up dealing with that, just, you know, let people know that it's not okay. And then, just work your way through it. I try not to be disrespectful to people, but if people are doing the most, I don't have any problem speaking up. Like, oh, why are you not married? Oh, that's just not my choice. And oh, your biological clock is ticking. All right. I just don't think we need to be worrying about the people. In those regards about what people's relationship status are if they're going to have kids you don't know what people's private um struggles are what if that couple or that woman was already trying to get pregnant and and, and is finding it difficult what if there was um miscarriages or whatever the case may be with people's bodies i think we just need to mind our own uteruses and so if you're that type of person that you know you're about to go to a family member's house protect yourself protect your peace I don't know, maybe it's because I'm in a different phase of my life, but I probably wouldn't even be going at this point. I mean, you're already dealing with COVID and I'm going to take the chance that I might get COVID to come and hang out with you and then discover that while I'm hanging out with you, you want to insult me. Nah, I'm good. I'm going to eat this. Um, I'd rather eat KFC and I'm not, I'm vegan and I'd rather eat KFC chicken than hang out with somebody who I know is going to give me some issues that I took a chance to hang out with during these uh, COVID days. I, I, I can't do it. I can't see that for me. So thankfully, I won't have to because we shall be at home for Thanksgiving where I always cook anyway. I cook every year, no matter um, the family members that we go to their house. I always cook my own meal. It's always been my thing. I grew up in a house where that was how we did. My grandparents and my parents lived a few houses down. I mean, like a dip across the street type of situation. And my grandfather has always been known to cook a spread. And I mean, he spreads a table. He cooks for everybody. Anything you can think of, he puts it out there. But my mom always made her own meal at home. And that was because, you know, you can always grab a plate when you're at grandparents' house and things like that. But um, I always found that 
coming home and having your own ability to eat your own food always was clutch. So you didn't have to worry about if you only got one plate, you would have several plates at home because you had your own food at the house. So that's kind of how I kept the tradition alive with my own family. I found how much important it was to meet after leaving someone else's home to do the same. And my kids are greedy anyway. So and then I knew that they would be covered and I knew they would be covered according to what they're used to eating um, from me. And so I have done the same as well. So this year we won't have to worry about that. We'll be 100% at home. And it's that's challenging because I know, listen, I know my family members that are listening to this are, especially both my husband and my side of the family, they just assume that it's me that's making these decisions. Like Latoy doesn't want to be around certain people. Uh, that's not actually it at all. M- my husband actually is the one is like, listen, we got to have an authentic conversation about where we are. And I don't think it's wise for us to take this chance, which makes sense. I mean, listen, nobody is going to be honest. People are not honest. There's been family members and friends who've had COVID and has never said one mumbling word. Then you get sick. Then they like, I don't know where you got that from. I don't know what happened, but they knew all along that they had it. I think you really can just trust yourself. And those that you truly live with, not just related to, is really that you live with. And so that's kind of where we are. We're like, we can trust us. We can trust what we're doing. And if what we're doing only affects us, then we're trying to keep it that way. So that's that's where we are. And um, that's where we're going. But I did want to talk about just a couple of things that I've been seeing floating on social media. One of the things that I saw this week floating on social media is pastor john gray he is the pastor the senior pastor at relentless church i believe i believe it's relentless and i could be wrong about the name of the church but he is a senior pastor and he has had his second or third can't keep up with how many affairs that um, that he has had a disrespectfulness that he has shown his wife and so now he's at a position in a place that he has to now publicly go and he has to basically apologize a public apology for his public disrespect now that part I do agree if you embarrass me publicly you better come right and fix it publicly as well however I do believe that every marriage is different and I do believe that we come in into a marriage with our own set of what we think is right and what is wrong and we have our own set of what we believe is our trigger points and things that we will tolerate and things that we don't What I do know is that Pastor Gray's, John Gray's wife has apparently not gotten to her point of no return with him because this is now the second or the third situation that has popped off. She's still here, um, you know, still married to him. And I know people say that, oh, you know, our grandparents put up with whatever and we should be able to put up with some things. If we be truth be told, a lot of our grandparents had to deal with infidelity and kids. It's too much stuff going on. I I don't think that that should be the thing that we put out there in the earth that because grandparents or moms or dads or whoever put up with that type of bad behavior that that co-signs it because that's definitely not it at all. I don't think that is something that we need to put out, nor do I feel like the generations that are coming behind us should have to deal with that as as well. So I don't know what's going to take for either him to get it together and knock it off and be the husband that's faithful. I mean, he is supposed to be a man of God and you won't even be faithful to your wife. How can you be faithful to the Lord? So um, that's just my little five seconds of uh, church thoughts because I grew up in church. And so I grew up in this type of foolishness when this stuff would happen. You know, 
prominent men in the pulpit because again being a pastor and being this leader and having this 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 church that's yours it can get to your head and you start seeing people that's coming out the woodworks that you know care and looking at you a little differently than they were back you know when you wasn't nobody I get it it's power power is a hell of a drug but I don't know what's going to take for his wife uh, pastor John Gray's wife to decide that this is not the relationship that she wants that this is not the type of honoring that she would want for her but to each is their own you know to each their own I don't know what's what they're going to do all I know is that I am making sure that I do what I can for my own marriage and for God to grace me that if I should ever have to run up against such a situation that I could handle it with class um, and do what I have to do because it's really disheartening to know that a mate somebody that you married boyfriend extended baby daddy whoever is willing to be openly disrespectful everybody knows when you know John Pastor John Gray and when I say everybody I mean just people in that type of realm that travel in his circle would know that he's married so for anybody to even be the the co-conspirator of or the person the co-chair of cheating makes no sense to me so John Gray and his wife, uh, I think, it's, is it her name? Avatar or Aventar? It's a very different name. I'm not going to say strange or anything with that. It's just different. I wish them well in their pursuit of marital bliss and whatever that may mean. And um, so that's the one of the stories that I saw floating on the Internet. The other story of um, that I've been seeing on the Internet really it's not necessarily a concrete story it's more or less just I don't know what to call it I gotta put my thoughts my thought process because I've been thinking about this all day I'm just like what do you call people who continuously use other people and what type of miserableness do you have to be where everything that you I guess are posting about or talk about have to do with like negativity like you have to make some type of decision that it's obviously some type of negativity inside of you that you're dealing with. So if you're that type of person that's always attracting negative vibes to you, you have to just consider that maybe you are the actual negative vibe. That's all I'm trying to say. Um, because it's amazing to me, the people who have this many issues. And again, I've lived in having issues, so I get it. But Let's try to do better. I think that we need to have a what in the world was you thinking moment for Pamela Long. Pamela Long is the um, ex-wife of Jamie Long. She was, I believe, was it Total, the group Total? And she was Pam um, in Total. And she is now confessing that she had lied on her ex-husband saying that he basically raped her and that he that in actuality he didn't. He's, you know, no longer married to her. He's married to someone else. He has kids. And so now she's coming out and saying that this was a lie. Now, that's pretty hard. That's hard pill to swallow when you've already messed up a man's life either by people thinking of that he was doing that or whatever the case may be. So I honest to goodness hope that she gets herself together because nobody, and I mean, nobody needs those types of issues, especially not in this day and age, like at all. 
this is the season where people break up and I don't know. Yeah, this is the season where people break up the most, but, or a lot of people get engaged around this time. I would just be say, just be sure that, you know, I know you've, if you haven't heard the com the podcast with my husband and I just listen to that and just be sure that you, even if you know the person and you think, you know, the person, well, that you know what you're signing yourself up for. If you haven't been with someone through all the seasons, you need to reconsider. If you have not been around them when they're angry, when they're hungry, because in those moments, how they treat, how they'll treat you or how they treat other people when you just watch and observe, that matters. You need to know that because you could be dealing with a whole nutcase that you have no idea. So if you're looking to be married, and or a committed relationship because some people just like to be engaged be sure you've asked every question possible go to a marital counseling if it's possible whatever the case may be you need a whole bunch of skill sets to get through a whole bunch of them especially if you want to be successful especially if you want to balance out the family life and family structure and oh fyi families are two people too they can be two people just the husband and wife that is still a family. And so we have to normalize this thought process that every married couple is bouncing out a bunch of babies because that's not the case. It's really not like at all. So as we are preparing for the holidays and meal prepping and getting things together, I would just also want to caution everyone to not only just be vigilant about who's around you, what's happening, but when it comes to like the fun part of the holidays, like the whole cooking and all those different things, please let it be something that somebody else can say, yes, you can cook this meal. You are good at it. Even if you're not the best at it, this is not the time for people who cannot cook to start experimenting. Like this ain't your time. This is not uh, experimental uh, season. I need people to know what they're actually doing. So I just happened to see that and just wanted to start this announcement because I know there's plenty of people who love to dibble and dabble around the holidays that cannot cook and messing up whole signature meals that everybody and their mom is going to be mad. Like if you can't cook macaroni cheese, this ain't the time to start because you're going to sit there and waste the cheese and everything else trying to get it together. And it just becomes unnecessary. So that's my little Thanksgiving prep Thanksgiving meal. Uh, spiel because again we're about to be in the cookie the cook can't the candy the cooking and dessert segment of the year and we are almost done with 2020 I think I speak for everyone when I say bring on 2021 but come in right because we have seen the ups and downs of 2020 this is supposed to be the year of vision it's some visions going on. It's some some visions going on. So let's see what happens. So I am also a lifestyle blogger of Toy Time. And I wanted to talk about um, this month. I'm celebrating six years of doing my blog. And I wanted to just have a quick conversation because... There's a couple of things that we tend to forget when it comes to bloggers or blogging, especially for someone who is starting off new. First and foremost, don't get always caught up in like blogging and blogger titles. 
bloggers and blogging have to be earned. So when you see people say that they're a blogger, but you see their website, they don't actually have one. That just means that they have discovered that blogger and blogging is like a key term that people use and they know that they can quote unquote brand instead of just saying that they're an influencer. They want to say that they're a blogger. In order to be a blogger, you have to have some form of website so that you can post blogs and things of that of that nature. So just that's one thing that I've learned. And I don't think I realized it because I just assumed and took people for face value. If they said they were a blogger, then shoot, they a blogger. You know what I mean? So I never put two and two together that people would actually be out here perpetrating. But boy, was I wrong. And it's true. People will perpetrate. So um, the other thing that I learned with blogging was, first of all, that I had to stay and always stay in my lane. Not that I was trying to be in other people's lane, but it's always best when you stay in your own. Because I can't copy what somebody else is doing. I can't copy the way that they're doing it. None of those things. The only thing I can do is be me and do what I feel is right when it comes to speaking out and using my voice. I cannot put it into terms and words of following somebody else dressing up like someone else, sounding like someone else. I have to do what I can so that I can be, my voice becomes stronger when it's not forced. So it's all about making sure that whatever you're putting out, you 1000% agree with. And this is the reason why I don't do a lot of reshares when it comes to like Facebook or certain social medias, because I want to be sure that if I share it, then that means it's just as much as me saying it or originating it. So just be careful when you reshare things that you actually know what you're doing, because in this blogging space, you'll reshare something. You don't read it. That could be the end of your blogging career as far as not being black, you know, blackballed because you said something that was completely taboo. You said something that just made everybody cringe or was cringeworthy. Um, mean what you say and say what you mean. That's that's what it boils down to. Another thing that I learned in the six years of blogging was that I had to have the right equipment. When I first started, I didn't even have a laptop. I only blogged from my phone. At the time, I wasn't even aware that I could set blogs to post, which is what I do now. I could do a month's worth of content, but I can set it for when I choose or when I want it to come out. The thing that I was actually dealing with was doing it in real time because I didn't know no better. Now, I consider myself to be pretty coachable now. And I'm not that I wasn't then, but I do consider myself to be pretty coachable where if for whatever reason, I had to be comfortable with asking for help. I had to be okay with, you know, some people I've slid into their DMs and just said, hey, I have this question about whatever the case may be. It could be about lighting, it could be about equipment, it could be how to use something, whatever the case may be. I had to get to the point where I was like, okay, this is something I wanted and I need to figure out how to incorporate that. 
For instance, now that we've been at home, I have been my own photographer. I've had to figure out how to use shadow boxes. I've had to figure out how to use my tripod efficiently. I've had to figure all those different things out. But I also had to be okay with being able to say, listen, I need some help. Or when stuff just didn't make any sense. So just be careful, like I said, with blogging that you are coachable so somebody can tell you something without you wasting theirs and your time. That's for sure. When I first started my actual very, 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 very first blog, I was working a temporary job at the time. And they were very adamant about how this job was going to be like four to five days. And all I had to do was be like basically be available and do little um, odds and end things. And so I had to, to get to the point where I had to ask myself, how bad do I want it? Because I'm sitting at this job where I didn't have much to do anyway. It made sense. But when I was at, when things begin to escalate, you know, for me business wise, when I had to go to work and do other things and I was tired, you know, how bad did I really want it? When I had to wait for the kids to go to bed, how bad did I want it? You know, want it. And the sacrifices that I made then allows me to walk in a 24 hour turnaround time. That's been my signature. That has always been that if you invite me to an event to cover it, I'm good. I can get, I always give back a less than 24 hour period of just getting everything back. So everything can be edited. It's all about consistency. And at the beginning, I wasn't even being consistent. I think I blogged like one or two times and I would have these three or four breaks and I would come back. And I just wasn't like, it wasn't something that somebody could even follow me by following my, my uh, social media carbon because I wasn't putting enough out. It actually does matter how often you post. And I used to think people were just bugging with that, but it's better for you to get a 15 minute solid post and solid content than for you to come back and you do something uh, one month, but then you come back next week and you did. That's not good either. So consistency matters when you're being a blogger, when you're blogging. Um, I'm not trying to, I'm trying to figure out what else because I wrote a blog about it. So I'm trying to draw memory off of that, but learning how to not switch my style to fit someone else's style. When I also first, first started, I was told that nobody was going to read it. This was crazy. Um, You sound too conversational. And I was like, what is that? Like, what is too conversational mean? However, I, didn't allow that person to pull me from what my thought process is of what I wanted to do. And I knew the vision that I had. And so I just kept pushing through and eventually um, I am where I'm at right now, where I was only having maybe like a hundred in a month of reads, which used to be super discouraging because I didn't know what the, what a good number of, you know, views per blog should have been. I just didn't know. And I didn't research it either. Like Google is your friend. You need to be on Google for a lot of things. Um, so yeah, I, I've had to learn that. I had to learn that I didn't have to be invited to every little thing. Everything wasn't for me. What was for me was for me. And every time that I meet a new manager at a restaurant or a new manager at a, a, 
I don't know, at an activity or whomever I'm networking with just to be honest about, hey, listen, this is the things that I'm doing. These are the things that I need, you know, and not being afraid to say I'm not getting what I need. I remember having to call somebody like what, two or three times because whatever it is that I had asked for, they just were not producing it. But I remember if I, I thought to myself, what if I was on the other end and that was me? So I got to get people what I would want myself to have. So that's how I try to do the quality of whatever it is that I'm doing with the blog, because this speaks values of who I am. And I don't want people to associate my blog with, you know, somebody that's, you know, especially when it comes to like PR and social media on the back end. Like I didn't want people to see me as difficult. I didn't want people to see me as somebody who didn't care. I didn't want any of that type of stuff going down. So I tried to be as consistent as I possibly could. And I think and I and I know for a fact that's what's helping me and has helped me to become that strong, in my opinion, a strong voice, because I work with a lot, a lot, a lot of bloggers or um, influencers. But I always get told that the one thing that sticks out is just at the end of the day, I am being as consistent as I possibly can. And that helps because you establish your voice with your audience by making sure that they can understand you. So those are just a five, five seconds. I won't say five things, but five seconds of the things that I have personally learned with becoming um, stronger in my blogging skills, stronger in my writing skills, making sure that the pictures are of high quality, especially when I'm working with brands, because nobody wants to see a picture that's dull. They want bright, they want clear. And so those are the types of things that I've been concentrating on. Um, I haven't bought a brand new camera yet. I'm still using the iPhone. I just got an iPhone 12. So as far as equipment is concerned, I have a laptop, which I didn't have in the beginning. I was uh, basically um, taking notes when I would watch something or listen to something. And I would just blog in real time and I would have to post immediately because, again, I didn't know anything about setting your posts. Whoever put me on to setting your posts is a lifesaver because, like I said, I can get a month of work done and put onto the floor. And I don't have to worry about coming back and saying, did I finish that? What requirement did I not make? So um, running your blog, especially when you want to run you when you're running your blog as a full time business, it matters what deadlines you're choosing for your product. So anybody that's potentially wanting to be a blogger, it is beautiful. It's great to put your voice out there. It's great to see some of your first articles when they hit and you're super excited. But don't get discouraged because you think that your numbers are not where you want them to be. My numbers have only grown in the last however long because of the consistency of making sure that my social media matches all the way across. So that's been that's the growth and it's probably going to take a little while to grow a little bit um a little longer but it is what it is um i'm going to send great 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 vibes towards you because again i believe that we are in the middle of a second or third or fifth however long or pandemics has been and the things that i've seen in the coffee cups lets me further know that <laughs> we have to um just have to be more vigilant. That's the only thing I can think of. So have a great weekend. 
and we'll talk next week. I'm hoping that by next week, well, by next week, we'll know what's what's going to happen. We'll know if we're going to be in the middle of a shutdown. And if we do, I'm going to do some extra episodes because I want to be prepared because again, people don't realize that once you get shut down, the mental toll that that takes, it's very disheartening for some. And um, I'm hoping that next week is better information that we have a better handle, especially like in Lancaster, uh, New Jersey, Delaware. Uh, and, and not that we don't miss the other places too. Cause like Texas y'all out here, if you're from Texas, you, you need to pray for your state because I think Texas had like a million cases already. Um, so yeah, things like that. We just got to do our part and be our brother and sister's keeper during this hard and difficult times. If you know somebody needs something and you have it, share it, share it. Because the best way that we can survive is we come together. If not, it's going to be a conquer and divide situation. Everybody's going to be for self. Nobody's going to help anybody else. And at the end of the day, you might have something inside of you that another person needs. So quick little tidbit. Enjoy your weekend as much as you possibly can. Try, if you can, to go ahead and get all of your items from the grocery store ready to go. And um, I will uh, talk to you next week. And I hope you have a great, great weekend. Happy Friday. Thank you as always for joining me. And I know that even in the deepest or joyful conversations, that there's something we can learn and apply. Until next time, I hope that you are doing better. If not, we will be back to talk some more and handle it. Peace to you and yours. Stay grounded.